fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, I have to admit, Joe Biden needs to get his dog on a leash. Good golly, how many times do we have to hear about the White House animals and what they're doing to White House staffers and other individuals? I'm kind of tired of it. I don't know about you. That is the breaking news that everybody needs to be focused on. I think we should do hashtag um, dog victims matter. What do you think? Welcome into the program. Great to have you along for the ride today. It is a midweek here on The Voice Reason, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV, plus the live stream we have all over the place on Facebook, not on YouTube, as we are still blocked on there. I have an update on that in just a moment. Plus, on the Our Freedom book and the parlor and the everything else that we have, we do not have the stream up on the website at HoosierReason.com. Again, because the YouTube that we post on there just doesn't work. So, we're still rocking it, and great to have you along for the ride today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. We have a really big show for you today. Um, We have two guests, which we usually don't do, but we have two guests today. And we're going to jump right into one here in a second with Congressman Tracy Mann. He is from the 1st Congressional District here in Kansas. He pretty much covers like the entire uh, western half of the state. It's really divided. It's so rural in the western half that it's really like right down the middle of the state. And everything on the west side he covers with his congressional district. So uh, we sat down with him just a day or so ago. And we'll play that interview here in just a minute because it's a long one. And we still don't get all of it in. So we'll use part of that as an extended special feature on the podcast that we'll post after the program as well. At the bottom of the hour, Dr. Bruce Hartman. He'll be joining us. We've had him on the show before and excited to chat with him. He is the author of the book, Spend a Year with Jesus, An Inspirational Journey of Finding Jesus and Faith, as he is an expert on culture, religion, political commentator, and we'll talk with him about the cancel culture and how that ties into the religious conversation. So we'll have some fun with that one here in just a little bit. But the biggest news of the day has to be, of course, this one here. I mean, Joe Biden's dog, Major, has now bitten like two or three individuals. This time, according to CNN's reporting this, Joe Biden's dog, Major, has been involved in another biting incident that required medical attention and two people with knowledge Uh, Two people with knowledge showed the incident, told CNN. The incident that involved a National Park Service employee took place on the White House South Lawn yesterday or on Monday afternoon. The employee was working at the time and needed to stop in order to receive treatment from White House medical units because the dog bit. You would think if you worked in a National Park Service, you would like understand how animals actually work. But yet Joe Biden's dog is such a rabid thing, kind of like Joe Biden himself, where he probably gets, you know, with his dementia, gets old and foaming at the mouth, doesn't remember quite what's going on in the world, ends up biting people as well. And it's something that needs to be a cause for concern. How many times, you know, in the private sector, if you had a dog that actually bit, then you would have to put that dog down. This one's now bitten like three people, and yeah, it's the president's dog. We'll just keep it along. Joe Biden, how you doing, buddy? I want to be clear. 
I'm not going nuts. We have a lot to get to today, so it's great to have you along. I want to get our interview, though, with Tracy Mann. He is the uh, congressman for the 1st Congressional District here in the state of Kansas. We talked about COVID. We talked about Second Amendment issues. We talked about some of the finance. We talked about the helplessness that many Republicans feel in Congress right now with Democrat control. This is what he had to say. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, having me on. More than that, thanks for what you're doing with this show. It's really important uh, to the state and to the country. So appreciate your, your efforts, Andy. Well, we appreciate what you do. I mean, it's a tough battle, especially in the House of Representatives. Uh, before we get into some of the detailed bills, I can only imagine what you guys are going through right now because the Democrats seem to just go all out and just try and push whatever they want to. And they can get away with it right now because of the majority that they have. But just getting settling in as a freshman congressman, Fighting this battle against Nancy Pelosi and the crazy radical Democrats, I mean, how has the environment been up in D.C. so far? Yeah, you know, it's ultra-partisan. There are efforts um, underway to fundamentally change the country uh, into ways that I don't want for our kids and grandkids. We are pushing back. Uh, elections have consequences, and right now, uh, the Republicans, the Democrats are in control of the House by um, five to seven votes. Uh, we're pushing hard. We've got to win back the House here in two years. In the meantime, you know, things are unfortunately passing the House. Um, they are, are not getting through the Senate because of the filibuster rules, other than the, the big spending bill that, that occurred um, earlier this month. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, now it's all hands on deck to, uh, to make sure the country doesn't change in ways that we don't want it to. Well, it's frustrating. I mean, it's such a narrow margin in the Senate that they're kind of our last, uh, I mean, I guess last line of defense, because with the Democrats running the House, with Joe Biden running the presidency, I mean, he's just signing whatever the heck he wants to, which, I I mean, what frustrated me was the first couple of weeks of his administration, they didn't even give you guys in Congress the opportunity to work on legislation because he was just practicing signing his name on 50 different executive orders. Well, that's right. I realized that the first few days that that President Biden and at his inauguration, you know, he talked about wanting to be bipartisan, um, you know, all these things. And then immediately the first few days in office, he issued more executive orders than the last 10 presidents combined, wow. um, you know, in their first few days. So very concerning. I actually introduced legislation called the MAN Act, which stands for Making Action Necessary Now. Um, basically, say, look, before an executive order can go into effect, there has to be a 30-day waiting period. Um, so there's time for Congress and the public to comment. And then there needs to be a look back um, six months after and annually thereafter on what were the impacts of the executive orders. We can't in Congress stop executive orders, but clearly it's an attempt to bypass Congress and we can do some things to slow it down. And that's exactly what I'm working to do. I love that idea, especially, I mean, they want to put waiting periods on purchasing a firearm. Maybe we should put in a waiting period for them to implement their agenda. What do you think? Well, yeah, you know, and these are things that Americans by and large don't want. Um, these are things that are being done um, so quickly without any input. There are a lot of consequences I don't like. There's also a lot of unintended consequences, and it just makes common sense um, to include Congress. That's why we have three uh, you know, separate branches. Um, the founding fathers never intended for the president to bypass Congress, and that's what we're seeing happen right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's so many bills and so many things going on in D.C. that I want to talk to you about. Uh, but let's start going through some of these that I know that you're involved with directly with, especially the Security First Act. I, I've been hearing some information about this one, but there's concern about security in America right now. I know you've been talking about this bill. Uh, explain what the Security First Act is and what it could do. 
Well, well the um, Security First Act specifically uh, impacts immigration, and it would allow the DHS to procure more technology and equipment, including, you know, like communications equipment, sensors, drone technology, those kind of things at the border wall. Mm. Um, it would also require the DHS to report on hiring practices for any border patrol uh, and designated um, drug narco-trafficking organizations as terrorist organizations, basically really equipping um, the good men and women that are at the border with the equipment, the technology, what they need uh, to decrease this illegal immigration that we are now seeing happening and really this crisis, crisis that we're seeing at the border. It's desperately needed. I mean, we just heard President Joe Biden give his very first press conference, and essentially he just said, well, anybody that comes up to the border, we're just not going to turn you away because that's the inhumane thing to do, and Donald Trump's the only evil jerk that actually did that, but we're just going to try and figure out a way to handle all this, and uh, it's just getting worse as we go along as caravans continue to come up to the border. We have to do something about this. Well, you know, the Biden administration has has signaled and said they're not going to enforce our laws, and when we are not a country of law and order. Um, people get hurt, and it's human heartbreak what's happening at the border. We have, you know, and many times people are getting taken advantage of on the other side as they're trying to get through where they're told, you know, pay this coyote this much money, uh, and they'll get smuggled across the border. But we've got to be a country of law and order. So this all occurs because we've never secured the border. Yeah. Uh, we never got uh, the wall built. And so because of that, there is a way that people can come to the country illegally. I am for legal immigration, but yeah. we've got to be a country of law and order. And I strongly oppose illegal immigration, and we have to secure the border. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what bothered me, though, especially during the press conference, he had mentioned that Trump had cut the funding to these countries to make their country better so they didn't need to leave their country as a, and flee for, as a refugee. The problem is, though, we had those programs in for years, and it never fixed anything, and yet we still had an illegal immigration problem. And now he wants to re-implement them, put Kamala Harris as vice president into that charge uh, to head up and front those initiatives, but yet all we're doing is just giving them money to a nation that's not fixing the problems with the gangs or with the cartels or with the corruption within their government, and it's not solving anything, so we're spending money on these nations, but yet they're still coming to the border because they still have an issue. Uh, I I don't know why we would want to send money back down to them. We we have a crisis, Andy, at our southern border at the end of March that was not occurring at the end of December. What's changed is the administration and, yeah. and their policy, and that's just clear as day. That's a fact. Um, we've got to secure the border. We've got to enforce our laws, and then we've got to figure out how we have a legal working immigration system. Yeah, I'm into that. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st Congressional District of the great state of Kansas here. Let's talk about the Ag Committee for a second. I know you're involved with agriculture, obviously, Western Kansas a very big agriculture industry. Uh, have you seen or talk about some of the changes and some of the policies with the Department of Agriculture, some of the trade, uh, some of the tariffs, some of the stuff that's going on with ag right now that may be affecting uh, the ag industry? Sure. You know, a lot of produce for agriculture. It's a delight to get to be on the House Ag Committee. I grew up on a farm and, and feed yard, and that's what our family's always done. That's the biggest driver of the economy in Kansas and in my district. Um, you know, a- trade is a big deal, and you mentioned that. Um, it's a big deal for agriculture right now. Uh, you know, President Trump stood up to China, um, you know, that's taken advantage of us for far too long. We have the phase one trade deal that's in place. I think it's important for people to remember that that agreement was signed last January 15th, went into effect February 15th. It was a two-year agreement, which means it expires here uh, in a little less than 11 months. 
So we need to, one, be holding China accountable to make sure that they are meeting their obligations under the phase one trade deal, which has been good for agriculture. And two, we need to be talking about what's next. Uh, prices of commodities definitely have, have risen um, throughout you know, agriculture as China has, has met their obligations or, or close to it. And, and that's a good thing for our producers, farmers and ranchers. Boy, it's, I'm, I'm optimistic, but yet cautiously optimistic about how this year is going to go for some of the egg and some of the trade, just trade in general, even outside of the egg industry, just with some of the trade policies that we're trying to change. And as you mentioned, China, China's kind of our big one. The nice thing under the Trump administration over the last few years was that we kind of diversified trade in the nation. Do you still see that happening uh, over the next couple of years under Biden, or are we going to kind of get re-centralized back to just trading primarily with China again? Um, uh, um, to be seen, I'm optimistic. I'll tell you, you know, last year alone, people don't give President Trump credit for this, but we reworked our trade relationship, modernized it, have it in place for the future for Mexico and for Canada, two very big trading partners, um, had the phase one trade deal with China. We also updated our agreement with Japan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have redone, improved, and have in place um, – you know, about by, by volume, about 50% of our trade agreements. That's good. But we also need to be more proactive in thinking about who do we want our trading partners to be three years, five years, 10 years. Uh, I think we can become too beholden to China. We need to diversify that and make sure that we're building relationships today with the countries that we want to be our trading partners years from now. All right, that was Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District here in Kansas, the western half of the state, and that was only part of the interview. You can go when we upload the podcast after the show. We'll have an ex- uh, a special feature extended version as we talked about a lot more, including some of the gun stuff, some more COVID stuff, and more, so make sure to check that out. We'll have that on the podcast on the website at whosyourreason.com after the program. Make sure to check that out. When we come back, some interesting news about how many friends you should have. Psychologists have now done the research, and they're telling you exactly, by number, how many friends you're allowed to have. We'll touch on that when we come back, plus more here on The Voice Reason for a midweek celebration. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss 
part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program, radio and TV. Plus, we have the live streaming and podcasting thereafter. So, as you know, you can follow us all over the social media at Hoosier Reason on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Twitch.tv is the big one right now. LinkedIn. Also, you can check us out on the website at HoosierReason.com. Our newsletter coming out on Friday. So make sure it's 6 a.m. Friday morning, so you don't have during the day on Friday to do it. Today and tomorrow are your last days to sign up for the newsletter. Make sure to do that because it's going to be a good, I believe at least, in my humble opinion, or non-humble opinion, because it's my product, so I need to push it out there, I guess. <laughs> See what I did there? But you can sign up at HoosierReason.com. No, I in Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com, and it's totally free. You'll get the once-a-month email. We're not going to spam you all the time, so it's a lot of fun, and you can enjoy there. Uh, but one thing I didn't include in there is that you're not right now able to watch the video on YouTube, and I want to talk about that in a little bit towards the end of the program. But now there are now five shows that have been blocked on YouTube, and I did appeal one of them because they're not just all, quote-unquote, breaking community standards for misinformation on elections. They also have another reason for one of the one of the shows that we have done recently that they blocked, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And the appeal that I sent in, because I did send one in, it's not going to do anything. They're not going to change their mind, but at least it made me feel better with what I sent to them. So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But I want to shift gears. Here's the latest in what's trending today. What's trending today? Or I guess it wouldn't even be a trending. Hold on, stop that. I guess it would even be more of like a weird news thing, I guess, today. Weird news of the day. There we are. All right. Weird news of the day. How many friends should you have to be successful? Over or under, how many can you guess of, let's say, like 10? You know, over or under. Because some people say that, I've heard the studies that if you're kind of an isolationist, kind of an introvert, you kind of stick to your own and do your own thing, that, that by, you know, more than likely you're probably smarter than the average bear because you spend all your time studying and doing your thing. That's not necessarily the case any longer in today's age because most people that are like isolationists and introverts like to sit at home and play video games, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you're probably not sitting there reading like philosophical books any longer. Maybe you are. I don't know. But how many friends, according to behavioral psychologists, they've revealed the exact number of friends that need, you need to have to be successful. So guess what? Much of you may be getting bumped off my social media and Facebook page. Ah! It's a joke. I wouldn't do that. If you're friends with me, I love you on there. And if you follow me on the pages, then we always love you on there. But uh, how many friends should you actually have to be successful, according to behavioral psychologists. In the latest book, Friends, Understanding the Power of the Most Important Relationships, the 73-year-old dissects scientific research into human groups to determine that 150 is the magic number needed for success. According to the discovery, 150 people were preferred in groups uh, found in factories, small villages, and military units. 
where everyone knows each other's name and skills and are willing to help each other when they need them. So if you're wanting to start a commune, anybody out there, if anybody's wanting to start your own little society thing because you're tired of what's going on, then you need to have a society of 150 people. No more, (laughs) no less, because that's going to be the successful group. 150 friends, 150 close friends. That's it. I'm drawing the line and we're cutting off thereafter. I find that kind of fascinating. Uh, So I guess if we're going to start a political movement, then you need 150 people. If you're going to start a little commune, you need 150 people. If you're going to like start a business, you need 150 clients and business partners or something. I don't know, but 150 is that magic number. You cannot have any more or can I have any more? Now, here's the other thing is that they suggest five intimate. That's kind of weird if you're talking about certain types of intimate. Five intimate and 12 to 15 supportive friends. So you have 150 in the community that knows everybody does their thing. Five intimate people, which, again, not sure what he's describing as intimate there. That's a little strange. And 12 to 15 supportive friends as a close-knit to be successful. Those are the key numbers for you to be a successful individual in this world. Now you know. We'll see if our next guest says about that. Dr. Bruce Hartman, he'll be joining us to talk about some of the woke culture, the cancel culture, and more here on a Wednesday for The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time all over the country on radio and TV. Plus, we have the live streaming going and the podcasting thereafter as well. We cover a lot of ground and by far... This is the fastest hour of radio on radio. No matter the show, I don't care what the other hosts say. You know who I'm talking to. (laughs) Great to have you today. So, by the way, oh yeah, The Voice of Reason. We just rock it each and every day. And you can check us out at whosyourreason.com. I want to shift gears a little bit. And as you know, it's it's kind of a weird time when politics and religion start blending they always kind of have but i think it has been more frequently than not lately or at least maybe it's just me because of you know the kind of the personal things i've been intrigued and interested in lately and going down that rabbit hole so 
where does spirituality and politics kind of blend together? As you know, we've talked a lot about lately on the show, the cancel culture, the the woke community. As you know, we've been censored and silenced on social media a lot, which I want to get into here in a minute. But the cancel culture, we see, you know, Disney putting the offensive content on their own products because it's offensive. Like, you know, the Muppets or because of Pepe Le Pew that's been taken out of Space Jam 2 or some of the other uh, uh, stereotypes that they say is offensive culture or even to start a dialogue or start a conversation or even just because it's a darn kids movie and it's a bad thing. Where does the line get drawn? We've talked a lot about this, but where does this kind of go in the religious and spiritual realm? And is it bleeding out of just the woke culture of, you know, cartoons? We've made the jokes during Halloween where you can't dress up in certain Halloween costumes. Kids are not allowed to dress up like Moana because that's cultural appropriation. Which I don't really get. If you don't acknowledge the other cultures, then you're just a white privileged jerk who just doesn't understand. So you need to be inclusive because you're not being inclusive if you're not being part of that culture. But then when you try to be part of the culture, then you're culturally appropriating. So, you know, how do we make all this happen? It really drives me nuts. I'm excited to talk to our next guest here. He is the author. We've had him on the show before. He's author of the book, Spend a Year with Jesus, an inspirational journey of finding Jesus and faith. We're excited. He's a cultural religion and political commentator on all of these issues, Dr. Bruce Hartman with us here. Doctor, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Andy. How are you? I am living the dream, and I appreciate you coming on the program uh, very much. It's a crazy world right now. We have this woke culture where everything is offensive. I saw one interview, I believe it was like Tucker Carlson or somebody on Fox, where he was interviewing this gal that literally said that, yeah, just basic math algorithms, two plus two equals four, that is a racist mathematical problem and therefore we should ban all of it because we need to destabilize the entire structure of society is that the point that we've gotten to today i think it's a point some people a very small minority of people want us to think because it's about them creating power for themselves it's about them creating relevance and that's the whole thing about woke is they're telling us that they understand stuff we don't but frankly that's not true and you particularly see it with the cancel culture. They're actually starting to cancel each other now. And, you know, that's really how these things usually end up is they turn on each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it happened in the Gospels with the, the evil spirits. And this is what we're dealing with now. Talk about that a little bit, because that's what what really fascinates me is that this is something that's really not new to society, although it's kind of new to us to this extreme. So we kind of go in cycles, but everything goes in cycles. And as you mentioned, it happened even during you know biblical times. Talk about that. Yeah, in the it, it actually the better example is the French Revolution. Mm. Uh, Robespierre is the one who implemented the guillotine, and anybody who disagreed with them off with their heads. And the last person to be killed with a guillotine during the French Revolution was Robespierre. And that's how these things start the cycle. If they're only about power, they're not about loving your neighbor. They usually eat themselves. And that's what we're going to watch over the next year. Yeah, they really are. Now, here's the big question. Do the ones at the lower level, the ones that are on the street beating up people because they have a red MAGA hat on or the the uh, feminist woman who's all about women's rights but then accepts the transgender individual to pretend they're a female to beat them on the athletics and then they don't like that uh, or they do like that and they start eating their own. The ones at the lower level that make these fights happen, do they realize it's a power grab and a power control or are they just oblivious to it because they really true believe in the in the message here? Well, they want to fit in 
Um, and that's why I say it's a power. Uh, you know, a lot of this is people that haven't had a lot of relevancy in their life. They haven't had a lot of uh, nurturing or support. And it may be because of their own behavior, which you could certainly make an argument for. But for whatever the reason, they don't have relevancy. So they're trying to impress a uh, they're trying to impress this peer group, not the peer group at large, but this small minority. Here's an interesting statistic for you, Andy. 64% of America doesn't agree with cancel culture. Yeah. Yet it's, yet it's in our face every day. And that's, that's what we're dealing with is these very loud noises that don't make up what society really wants. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And it's unfortunate because now even the ones that don't necessarily believe it, sometimes they get intimidated to the point of needing to apologize publicly, which does no good, by the way, because they you've already been <laughs> shamed that way. And when you apologize, then you just look weak and then try to backtrack, but you never regain that credibility again. So I, I find that comical. Does this type of cancel culture happen in religious institutions as well, in churches, based on maybe political decisions, maybe a church makes where uh, it gets, uh, we start seeing division within the religious community as well. Uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, one of the things I want to, you know, mention that you talked about before is when people say, um, when people issue their apologies, they can't really, they can't really do that in a way sincere way, so they just give in. But one of the things we learned from the Israelis and we've learned from the Israelites, you can't negotiate with terrorists. Mm -hmm. So what you find is these people that are giving these false apologies are losing respect with the people that know better. And they're not really, really protecting themselves from these people. They're canceling them. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing to always remember um, about, about this type of incident. Yeah, it's unfortunate. How do we come back from something like this? Can we come back from this, or is it just a cycle we kind of have to work our way through? Is an entire generation or two really subject to this that we can't get away from? Because as you mentioned, they are going to eat their own, and it's it's going to make them look foolish, which they already do. But at the same time, I mean, while we're in the midst of it, is there a generation or two where now they're so scared to even open their mouth and say anything that we've really changed society as a whole? Now, I don't. I, I think that you. I think we're in the throes of that right now. A lot of people are only. They'll only express their point of views on front porches or in locked-in living rooms where they feel where they feel safe. Certainly not being discussed in uh, larger groups or in um, corporate settings or even on TV. So you have a you have a fairly large group of people, probably in the sixty to seventy percent. They don't feel comfortable saying what they have to say. Now, what happens here is you can't keep that much of the population quiet. Slowly over time, they're going to venture out and see that they're going to win. And the second thing that happens, these people get more brazen. Mm. And as they get more brazen, they get vilified. And that makes the people who aren't speaking have more courage. So that's the trend that you're going to see going forward in the future. Well, and I think, and that's, I, I don't think that's almost the point that we're at right now, isn't it? I mean, we see people that are just like, I don't really care. Call me whatever you want, because we're going to start our own social right. media sites. We're going to say what we want. We have talk show hosts on the radio, on TV. You know, we have live streamers. We have people that are just like, if you're, if you're going to censor my stuff, I'll just go to my own website and do it. And we're still going to do this, but call me what you want. I don't care anymore because you're not going to try and bully or intimidate me anymore. Yeah, I think we're right at the beginning of that. Uh, you saw it with Piers Morgan. Uh, you certainly you see you're seeing with the uh, fractionalization 
of mainstream media. Uh, their ratings are way off. I mean, I've, I've heard some numbers as, as much as 50%. And people are going to these other sites that you can get on YouTube or, you, you know, you can do through your Google search. And they're generating more attention. So I think you're right that there is a lot more, um, pe- there's a lot more places where people can say what they want. And it's comforting to other people. Because remember, a vast majority of Mar- Americans don't agree with this. Yeah. But as they see others speaking up, they're going to feel more emboldened. We're starting that trend right now. I like that. We're talking with Dr. Bruce Hartman, author of the book, Spend a Year with Jesus, an inspirational journey of finding Jesus and faith. we got just about a minute or so left here, but I do want to ask you about the children, the younger generation. I have a six-year-old daughter. You know, We call her Little Voice of Reason, and I mean, right now I'm terrified for her growing up and having to go into the dating scene, concerned about the gender identity or concerned about saying something at school. She has a talk show host as a father who's not afraid of actually being attacked or being vilified because I just don't care. But I'm worried about the young generation for those that have parents that are very, you know, very, you know, afraid or want to be in the woke culture, trying to brainwash those children. Is there a way to kind of push those children back into light or are they going to see it like, well, you know what, you mom and dad, you guys kind of take this a little too far and I'm going to go my own path here. So I raised four daughters and the same thing happened to all of them at the age of 19. They all of a sudden realized that my giving them what they needed, not what they wanted, was a great parenting tactic. Mm. And that's what I say to any parent. Um, and all the girls, when they were 19, said, you know, Dad, there were a lot of days I didn't like you. But I now understand why you were doing it. Because they meet other kids whose parents don't support them. Sure. And just tell them what's going what's going on. But they saw the energy that me and my wife put into them. And that's that, that's more than you're always going to have outside influences on your children. Yeah. But we are responsible, not the principal, not the teacher. We are responsible for how our children turn out. Amen. I love that. Dr. Bruce Hartman, that's exactly what we need because I'm ready for her to start coming home with those like, Oh, there's a crazy <laughs> ideas. The teacher said this, my friend said this, my friend's parents said this, and what's this all about? And, i got to be prepared for that, and I don't know that I can keep a soft tongue there. Dr. Bruce Hartman, check out the book. Yeah. Spend a year with Jesus. You can find him on Amazon, all other places as well. You can find books. we got to get you back on the show again real soon. I love the conversation. I appreciate it very much, my friend. All right. You have a good day. And have a blessed day. Hey, you as well. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll get you back on the show again real soon. One more segment coming up, wrapping up the program for a Wednesday today. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the show. So I was reading up here during the break some of these policies, community standards on some of the social media sites. Why the heck aren't we being able to get some of this stuff out? I want to talk about that here real quick. At the same time, by the way, uh, thanks again to Dr. Bruce Hartman coming on the program tomorrow. Bill Jasper. He is the guy. We had some connection problems with him before. We only had him on for a short time. We're going to have him on, I believe, for the full hour tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. And we'll uh, chat with that in just a little bit. But real quickly, kind of an interesting, I guess, trending story of the day. What's trending today? So here's something interesting for you right now. Police bust the world's biggest video game cheating operation. As they were making uh, $76 million in revenue were made by the organization. The gang was designed to sell cheating codes to popular video games, including Overwatch and Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, They charge based on subscription fees for their clients. Police seized worth uh, $46 million worth of luxury vehicles and assets that they had made. $46 million dollars on a collected between Chinese police gambling giant, uh, gaming giant uh, Tencent, had led to the closure of what police say that was the biggest video game cheat operation ever. Now, when I first read this, I laughed. I was like, why in the world does anybody care if there's any cheat codes for video games? Like, who cares? I've used cheats before. Like, you plug it in. After you've already played the game and you actually get what you got to out of it, then you just want to, like, kick butt at it and have fun. Then you type in a couple of cheats. You, like, boost up the number of men you have or boost up the number of resources you have. And boom, there you go. You can do whatever you want to. And it's a lot of fun. It's super easy. I did not know that there are actually companies that sell cheats to individuals. And you paid for subscriptions for this. Now, the subscriptions go anywhere from $10 a day to $200 a month. Although, when I looked into it and I realized that it wasn't just for regular games for you to have fun, but it was individuals that were using these cheats during competitions and tournaments for video games. The police found and destroyed 17 cheats and arrested 10 people in the connection with the ring and said it was the world's biggest cheat case due to the large sums of money and games that were actually involved. I, 
I look, I will never pay money to get a cheat code for a video game because I don't play a whole lot of video games. I like them. I just don't get a chance to play a whole lot of them. But it found out that roughly one third of gamers around the world admitted to using cheats to improve their online gaming chances. That is people that actually do the online gaming, which I do not do. And then people that actually play in tournaments for money and prestige. They were actually using these cheats during their games to be able to win during these tournaments for money or for prestige or whatever. Uh, some of the best player titles and online competitions, many online gamers have actually given them up because they were frustrated with people using cheat codes with some of the games. Had no idea. Whole nother world that just blew my mind right there. All right, real quickly, as you know, we're not broadcasting on YouTube. Uh, apparently, we have three days left of a ban on there on our YouTube stream. And I did not realize how intricate these community standards were for YouTube, which is stupid. But that's what they do. So I do not just have one ban on YouTube. I actually have three policies that I broke on community standards when it came to Facebook community standards. So you know what? Kudos to us, ladies and gentlemen. We have broken the record, I think, for three community standards that we have guideline strikes against us with one warning and two strikes. Here's the crazy part. There are three different ones, including the very first one that we got, where the policy that was broken involved violent criminal organizations. Now, it won't let me see which show it actually was, but some shows said that we violated the content of violent criminal organizations. I don't know about you, but I, are you part of a violent organization? I mean, now they consider the NRA a violent organization for some way, shape, or form, so that's kind of interesting. The second policy that we broke was spam, deceptive practices, and scams, meaning that we... Uh, apparently just spread misinformation, which is not true, and I sent an appeal in for that one. And then the last one that we got that I got last night that I really sent a really angry kind of response, it's not going to get a response back or anything or change the appeal process, but I felt better about it, was medical misinformation. So I looked up their policy on medical information, and YouTube does not allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization that includes treatment, prevention, diagnostic, trans, uh, transmission, social distancing, and self-isolation guidelines, or the existence <laughs> of COVID-19. All I said was that you could take vitamins to help boost your immune system, so that way the uh, effects of COVID-19 were not as severe. That's all I said. That's all I said. And then that masks don't work. But not that's all I said. And yet we got banned for that one. So I appealed and said, stop treating me like a criminal. And, you know, you're a bunch of jerks. Bunch of meanie heads. And it won't do anything, but I felt way better afterwards. Just throwing that out there. Does it for us today. Podcast going up a little bit. We have a couple days left of some fantastic broadcasting here on the Hoosier Media Network. All coming up for you. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice of Reason. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners.
And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Who's Your Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at Who'sYourReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.